All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us here on this Friday episode. We very much appreciate it, don't we, Tim? We do. We do. Thanks for coming. There's a lot of options out there, and you chose to click on us. So thank you. I do. I really do appreciate it. There's a lot more trades to recap, and we're going to have a nice surprise guest at near the end of the episode. We don't know when he's going to jump on. He's running a little late. So we decided to come on early because there were some trades that happened right after we got off our last episode on Wednesday. So we want to recap those and friend of the show back for a second time. Dylan Cousins is back. I'm excited for that because last year when we talked to him, where was it two years ago, Tim? How long? It was last year. Yeah. Last year, he was still trying to find his footing. The Sabres were an unknown commodity. No one knew what to expect of the Buffalo Sabres this season. They've blown up. Dylan Cousins is all grown up. He's playing great, having a no, a career year. He's only been in the league three years, but still, he's blown up. That contract he signed, eh, even I think I said the, he, the, he maybe overpaid Dylan Cousins a little bit. Well, he's earning every dollar of it. The guy's putting up points. He's the Alaskan assassin, the Anchorage animal, Yellowknife from Mars. I love the, the kid. workhorse from Whitehorse. Workhorse from Whitehorse. The worst nickname. It's too long. You got to shorten it up. Did you ever have one? Big John. Besides Big John. Yeah. That was it. John Scott. People just call me John Scott. Everybody in like primary school and Prince Philip, shout out to Prince Philip and St. Catharines, all the way up to Dalewood, Governor Simcoe, even into college. They thought my full name was John Scott. There you go. Even my, my first year pro, the coach didn't even know my name. Mario Tremblay would call me you. Hey, you, you, because he didn't know my name. There you go. He sure knows it now. No, he doesn't. He still doesn't. The guy's a Hall of Famer. He's won a million Stanley Cups. But anyways, let's recap some trades. Go over. I sent him a little feisty tweet the other day. I don't know if you saw it. I just got fed up with the Arizona Coyotes, and I had had enough. And I'm a big Arizona fan. I played there, obviously. I love the city. It's a shame what they're doing to this franchise. It really is a shame. And it made it even worse after what the league said about we're really going to crack down on teams trying to circumvent the LTIR clause and take advantage of it. We're really going to dig into that. 
and we're going to analyze every trade. And then the league's team, the Arizona Coyotes, go out like they've done for their whole entirety. They just take every LTIR contract they can get. Oh, your player's retiring and he got three years left. Oh, we'll take him. Oh, he's hurt. We'll take him. Everybody, we want Pronger. We want Weber. We want Datsuk. We want Boland. We want this guy. We want everybody. The team is littered with buried contracts. The gall of this league to say that and then allow what Arizona is doing to happen is it. You can't make sense of it. Right? Does it it doesn't make sense. If you're gonna call it one way, you have to call it the other way. If you're gonna penalize teams or say you're gonna watch or keep tabs on teams for trying to spend too much money to make your team better, all of the Tampa Bay Lightning, you have to do it on the other end of teams trying to circumvent the floor of the cap, trying not to even get to that, whatever it is, 50 some million dollars. It's insane. And I said it in my tweet. Arizona spends more money on the players that aren't on their team than they do on the players that are actually putting on the jersey every single night. And everybody, just so you know, they don't pay that money. All those people on LTIR, they have large insurance claims out on them. So the Coyotes don't pay that money. And the people who have retired, they don't get that money either. Because once you sign those retirement papers, you don't get any money. That's why nobody retires anymore. You just play out your contract on the LTIR. Like Carey Price, people want him to retire. Weber, people want him to retire. He's not going to. Then he wouldn't get any of that money. So all that aside, we'll we'll dig into that a little bit because there's trades that Arizona made that make no sense whatsoever. None whatsoever. But moving on, the last trade we touched on with Jonathan Quick got traded from L.A. to Columbus. Shocking. Strange. L.A. needed to change up a net. We know that. Well, it was a short-lived stint with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm sure he didn't even talk to the team. They probably said, his agent, we're going to deal you. Don't worry about it. Hold tight. Lo and behold, Jonathan Quick gets dealt again. Not traveling very far. Going to pack up his stuff and head over to Las Vegas. Las Vegas gets their third, uh, second Hall of Fame caliber goalie in this short franchise's history. They had Marc-Andre Fleury. Robin Leonard, all-star, not a Hall of Famer. Quick as a Hall of Famer. He's going to Vegas. What do you think? Big upgrade for this Vegas Golden Knights team, Tim? Well, he's going to be playing in a support role. I think it's still Logan Thompson's net. The way that Quick is like ranked something like 49 out of 52 goalies that have played X amount of games. Like He's not having a good year. So he's not the and worst. No, he's not the worst. And I think it, the, it was actually the opposite. I think I read a report that he said he told Columbus he had no intentions of ever playing there and he was going to retire. Basically, that was the rumor that he was just not going to play. He's 38 years old. Um, Is so, he 38? Yeah. Oh, um, man. Wow. So, that's old. I know. I know. He's been around. He's been around for a long time. So, yeah. So I think he will play in a backup capacity. I don't think they hopefully didn't see too much the net. Definitely not in the playoffs, but it's not a bad insurance policy if you're Vegas. Well, no, the guy is an absolute multiple Stanley Cup winning goaltender. Has he won a Vesna? I think he's won two. Let me look he's, it up. He's won two. He, it's not a bad idea to have that guy in your back pocket if you're the Vegas Golden Knights and you expect to go on a long playoff front. Let's be honest. He's 37, not 38. Yeah. The, the West is wide open. Colorado's playing better of late. You know, LA's playing some good hockey and Vegas is right there. So the West is completely wide open. And going into the playoffs, are you going to stake everything 
on a rookie goaltender or a young goaltender, not a rookie goaltender, but I don't know. I like this move. They didn't have to give up much. They gave up what? What did they give up? Not much to get this guy. So it, it's a win-win all around. Quick doesn't have to drive all the way to Columbus or just spur the Columbus Blue Jackets and embarrass them. And he gets to just drive down and play for the Vegas Golden Knights. And he'll probably play the LA Kings a handful of times by the end of the year because they're in the same conference and in the same division. So good for them. I like this pickup. It makes me wonder. It's like, why wouldn't a team like Toronto do this? You didn't have to get much to get quick. Just go, just try it. Get him. Throw throw him on the minors. Just just but, just to have him. Yeah, but there's no reason to think he's going to be better than what you've already got. Uh, he's been there, done that. There's something to be said about experience. There really is. This guy's been in those situations. He's won in those situations. I would ra- I would you cannot say that you would not rather have a Jonathan Quick or an Ilya Samsonov. <laughs> I'd rather have Samsonov. Are you are you serious? He's- He's better in every statistical category this year, like by a lot, by a lot. So he's been a good goalie and quick has been arguably the worst. No, 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 no. There's, (laughs) there's players that were, you just said it was 49 and a 52. Uh, I'm just saying when it comes down to it, when the rubber meets the road, you you want a guy who's been there. Who's not going to just crush under the pressure. I don't know. I would rather have Jonathan quick, even though he's 37, even though his body's falling apart, I still think he could throw together a good playoff run if he was put in the right situation. And Toronto's got a pretty sweet situation. Schwitzer, Schwitzer, yeah. they got eight defensemen that are really good, and they got a really good offense in front of them. So the guy doesn't have to make that many saves. You just got to not give up a beach ball, which Matt Murray has shown. since yeah, a beach ball. Sorry, right, moving on. Another trade. Probably my least favorite player in the NHL got traded to the Colorado Avalanche, Lars Eller. Just a jerk of a human. He gets traded to the Avalanche for a second round pick. Even though he's a big jerk, good pickup by Colorado. I like it. He's one of those guys. He's won Stanley Cup. He's a he's a quality player. Kind of play him anywhere, third, second line role. I don't know. It's it's a good pickup by the Avalanche. They didn't go out and swing for the fences. They didn't dip their toes in any of the massive names out there, but they go out and make a little, you know, tertiary move, get a Lars Eller. It's it's not bad. They got the stars. They don't need any more. They need some uh, third, fourth line help. Even though the guy's just a, a, a not a nice guy. Don't like him. Yeah, it's a good pickup by them. He scored, he scored some big goals for the Capitals during their playoff run in 2018, including, I think, a game winner in the cup finals. And so, yeah, he's been he's had some big moments and a good pickup for them in their middle six. What do you think of Tyler Kennedy, my former teammate, just throwing out there that Tom Wilson's going to Pittsburgh? Isn't that a little reckless? Where did that come from? I don't know. Did you from see Tom Wilson's hand the other night? No. Oh, Smooth? we got in a fight. He gave a press conference after. His hand is all cut up in purple. Major gashes missing. Because it hit hit flesh, right? Yep. Yeah. Or did it hit a visor? Hit a visor. And exploded. Dumb. People are getting hurt left and right. but Nobody cares. All right. Moving on. One of the strangest trades, I think, Philip Ronick gets traded to the Vancouver Canucks for a first and a second. How does Steve Eiserman do this? I I really don't know. And B, what are the he's a good player. He's relatively young. He's 25. He he's got a lot of you know good games in front of him. Philip Ronick doesn't really get much press, but he, he's good for 30 points a year. He's been with the wings for a long time now, but a first and a second for Philip Ronick, Tim? What and why? on earth would the Vancouver Canucks go out and make this trade? He's going to be an RFA. 
I get that. He's got one more year on his contract at 4.4. Strange trade for you. What, what do you make of this? I do like Ronick. I think it's just an opportunity to go get a young defenseman whose best years are ahead of him. We've seen a little bit of splashes, offensive creativity. You can probably give him that second power play unit, I would think. Um, I I like the player and they saw their chance to go get him, but it is a, it's a lot. It is a lot to give up for a guy that is, like I said, it's a little bit unproven. But what do you think of Stevie Y giving up on a Philip Ronick? Stevie just kind of sold everybody. Bertuzzi, Ronick, Rada. He, he really did clean house. He said, we're not going for it this year. They didn't bring anybody in. Are you surprised that Iserman would just trade this guy? Or was it just too good to pass up when you're getting a first and a second for a guy who, you know, four and a half is a lot of money these days, especially with the cap that everybody talks about all the time. Four and a half is four and a half. That's a lot of money. So good trade for the Red Wings, bad trade. What's your grade on this? That's a good trade. I mean, yeah, you want to, if you're an up and coming team, you want to keep your young star, I don't say star players, but young, talented players. 25 is, like I said, best years ahead of them. But if you can get a first round pick and another pick on top of it, why wouldn't you do it? And I didn't really see Hironic's name passed around too much on like the trade tracker boards or anything like that. So I wouldn't be surprised. And this is not like someone could tell me I'm wrong, but I think I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't really shopping him. He got that offer and he said, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I I like this move for the Red Wings. I I really do. Philip Ronick is a good player. First rounder and a second rounder. And I know I talk about draft picks not being worthwhile. That's an Islanders pick. That's a that's a first round Islanders pick. The Islanders won't make the playoffs right now. (laughs) I, I, I firmly believe they will miss the playoffs the way it's shaking out right now in the East. So it could be in the teens, low teens. I'm taking that trade. I, I like it. I like Stevie Eiserman. I like what he's doing there. Let's get into the the train wreck that is the Arizona Coyotes. It just stresses me out even talking about it. I don't. <laughs> yeah. The first trade they made, Shane Goss's bear. Fan favorite. Mike, uh, he was loved in Arizona. He spent two seasons there. He played just over 130 games. He was putting up almost a point every other game. He had eighty some points. He had he was he played great there. Let's be honest, on a team that had no business really scoring at all the last couple of years with the roster that they put they put on the ice, he was one of the lone bright spots. Him and Clayton Keller, they they've been you know carrying the luggage for the Coyotes. They trade him for a third rounder. You look at Philippe Ronick gets a first and a second. And a Shane Gosses bear who puts up more points than Ronick. Maybe he's got some issues in the room. I don't know. He obviously had an unceremonious exit from Philadelphia, had some issues there. The guy put 65 points up one year. Like he, he is a legit power play specialist and you only get a third rounder for him. It seems like a very low, low number for me. Don't you think, wouldn't you expect at least a second, maybe a first for, for a guy who's going to be your number one power play option on the back end, Tim? Yeah, I would. I mean, I think the difference being that Goss despairs four years older, he's 29 and his contract expiring this season. So there's no term or control there. And so I would think probably that he's still, he probably should have been traded for more, but that's the difference between him and a guy like Ronick, I think. 
Yeah. So the Hurricanes get him. I think he's going to love it in Carolina. He's going to slide right in there. And it's it's a it's a good pickup. But Carolina Hurricanes didn't do much. Kind of sneaky, sneaky pickup there for God's Bear. The one everyone's talking about, Jacob Chitra, the diamond that has been bandied about, talked about for the last two, three years now. Arizona's been dangling him to everybody. Everybody's been all in on this guy. Teams have been linked to him forever. The GM for Arizona saying, we want three first rounders and a prospect and, and take me to dinner. All this stuff. Like he was asking for the world, everything. This guy's locked in contract for a long time. How many more years does he have left on his deal at 4.6? Two more, I think. Two more years at 4.6. The guy's a moose. Everybody knows what he brings to the table. He's going to get you 25 to 30 points. More importantly, he's just a solid defenseman. Three first rounders. That's what we want. And a prospect that's going to help us. That was it. That was the asking price. He said, don't even bother if you're not going to bring that to the table. Well, Jacob Chitron gets traded. What does he get traded for? He uh, got first... traded. Oh, tell yeah. me. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> he got traded for first in this year, a second next year, and a second in 2026. But there's conditions on those first round picks. So, it's top five protected, the one in 2023. The one in 2024, the second round pick, it becomes a first if they make it to the Eastern Conference final. So it could potentially be two first rounders. It won't be. Ottawa's not making the Eastern Conference finals next year. As much as they want to, as much as they try, they're a good team. So in all essence, they get a first rounder and two second rounders. What did Philip Ronick go for? A first and a second. So you're telling me Jacob Chitrin signed for two more years at 4.6 gets the same as a Philip Ronick who signed at 4.4. They make the same amount of money. $200,000 difference. How can you honestly show up to the job after you make this trade and say, nailed it, killed it, GM of the year? What are we doing? You go on and on for the last two years, how you have this amazing player. We want to deal him. He's going to be a franchise-altering player for you. Not for us, because we're not in it to win it if we're Arizona. We don't want to win. How can you honestly look yourself in the mirror and say you've done a good job if, if you're the Arizona GM? With you that, Dylan, Dylan Cousins joined the show. I want to get his take on this, because... Last time I heard Dylan's in the NHL. Hey, Dylan, sorry, we're right in the middle of it. We're recapping some trades. Well, Dylan played a fast one. He called in, and here's he's a young kid, right? How does how do you not know how to work your volume? Tim? There's no way. I think he's I think he's pranking us. No, he's not smart enough to prank us. I, I'm annoyed. So we just we just talked to him. He's going to try to call in, but let's get back to Chitron. I think I was a little salty with Dylan just because I'm so upset about <laughs> Jacob Chitron. Tim, make this make sense to me. I know they say this a lot about things that go on in hockey, but I cannot honestly. I, I threw out that tweet. I was upset. I had people trying to justify this trade to me, saying, well, well they're rebuilding. This is what rebuilding teams do. Oh, oh Yeah. This is what rebuilding teams do. Get rid of all their players and take on bad contracts, draft more good players, and trade them, and then take on more bad contracts. This is the same thing they've been doing for a long time. Wash, rinse, repeat. It doesn't make sense to me. Arizona 
it, it, they're not in this game to win the Stanley Cup. I don't know when everyone's going to realize this. They're in it to make a buck. And to do that in Arizona, you can't pay your players anything. That's it. And so they don't. But what do you think of this trade, Tim? When I saw the return for that, I was shocked. Because they've been, I was thunderstruck. They've been trying to trade this guy for a year and a half, two years, and this was the return. And the only, there's really no justifying it, but the only thing I saw that made me like try to understand it was that there was the only team willing to take all of his contract without eating anything. And so that was it's only 4.6. I know. Hold on. Dylan's trying to tempt two. Good. You can hear us? Are you, are you here, Dylan? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Dylan Cousins joins the show finally. Mike, are you sitting in a toilet somewhere? Where are you? Oh, I'm in my like, I look like a little uh, gaming studio, kind of. Wow, look at that! Life's good now. You signed the big ticket. You got a gaming studio. A lot's changed since we've talked last, Dylan. My goodness. Yeah, so should we should we talk about the beatdown last night, seven to one, going in? To the third, it was three to one. It was a game, and then you guys just completely imploded. Or should we just move past that? I think as a team, you probably move past it, right? Yeah, we should probably move past that. All right. So we were. T- we'll move past. It. We won't. We won't touch on. It. Boston's a good team. We we're talking about the Jacob Chitrin trade. What did you think of that? The teams in the East, everybody's getting everybody. Did you think Ottawa stole that guy from Arizona? Yeah, I mean. I think, you know, seeing the trade rumors last year and everything that, you know, what, you know, he was going to go for. And um, I think guys were a little surprised that, you know, that was all he went for. I think, um, you know, we maybe thought he was going to go for a little more. Do you go right to Kevin Adams door and say, Kev, what? We don't got a first rounder. We can throw Arizona's way. Come on, my man. Did you, did you call him right away? Oh, I didn't. I didn't say anything. That's not my job. That's his job. Uh, oh, oh, Tim, that's a cut that up for an ad. Dylan Cousins going after Kevin Adams. My goodness. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But anyways, how you doing, my friend? Thanks for joining us again. Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, you know, things are really well. Thanks for having me. Do you remember Tim? Of course. Hey, man. Hey, how are you doing? So let's get into it. We'll just recap your season because. You're having a pretty good season, Dylan. Did you expect this? You got 23 goals, 29 assists, almost a point per game. You guys are playing great. You had a hat trick last week. For, was that your first hat trick in the show? That was my first hat trick, yeah. What do you attribute from last year to this year? Because it's a, I don't want to say it's a completely different player, but you're playing lights out this year. What, what happened? I think, um, you know, a big thing was just confidence in scoring and trusting my shot. Um, I was getting a lot of chances last year that I just wasn't able to, you know, put the puck in the net. And, you know, I went to the world championships there just to try and, you know, get that confidence back, that goal scoring confidence back. And, you know, I think I, you know, regained a lot of it there and, you know, just came in with that, you know, shooting mentality this year and, you know, wanted to, you know, be a goal scorer. <laughs> Is that all it takes? I really want to be a goal scorer this year. So, you know what? I'm going to be a goal scorer. Do, do you think your line mates play a part in this? And you guys did some really good moves in the offseason. Obviously, we see Tage Thompson kind of starting to be a superstar in the league. Does that play a part in it? Or is it just kind of you did some shooting in the offseason and now you're scoring more goals? 
Obviously, I uh, credit a lot of my success to my line mates and our team and, you know, even Donnie, like the system we play, uh, we play a high pace system transition quick where we get lots of, you know, scoring chances and opportunities off the rush. And then I've obviously been playing with great players who have you know helped a lot. Yeah, touch on Tage for a minute, because he's been a good player in this league for a couple of years, but he's on an entirely another level, like skating with him every day, every week. What What is it like to watch this guy break out to be such a superstar? Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, he's just so dominant, you know, in games and practice. It's impossible to get the puck off him. And, um, you know, just being a part of that and watching him explode like that and, and be the unbelievable player he is, it's just been so fun to watch. And, um, you know, maybe last year you know, when we were like, holy, this guy just won't stop scoring. And then, you know, this <laughs> whole other level, it's it's crazy and it's so fun to watch. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in the league that, I mean, he's pretty tall, but there are other tall guys that don't use their height to their advantage the way that he seems to he just seems to get that and it seems like it's another level that i mean we don't have to name any name but other guys can be six seven six eight and they don't they don't use it like he does you're a pretty tall kid yourself do you kind of see yourself modeling some of that from him yeah i think uh that was something donnie emphasized lots with tage i think was just using his body to protect the puck and, and beat guys with his body instead of just his stick and that's something that he's talked to me a lot about as well as you know, just using my my body because I'm I still got a pretty big body and long reach, and and using that to protect pucks and and beat guys instead of always just trying to go through sticks. Do you feel comfortable now? Because let's be honest, when you look at the Eastern Conference, Dylan, you're playing a Stanley Cup contender almost every single night, and I would say you might be the shut shutdown line on your team. You're going up against some high end guys. Do you put yourself in that? You know status of a shutdown guy, a guy who's going to put up 82 points because you're an all-star caliber player now. How does that feel to know that you've kind of taken that next step? Like, do, have you embraced it? Does it ever, you ever just sit down and go, holy cow, like, the, what am I doing? I think sometimes, I mean, it's kind of always the standard I set for myself is, you know, I want to be a, you know, above average guy in the NHL and, and uh, someone who's relied on in all situations. So, um, you know, I do kind of see myself as that 200 foot guy and, and uh, you're playing with Tage. He's he's obviously that number one offensive guy. And, you know, I kind of want to embrace that role, maybe being the more defensive centerman. And, you know, that that uh, maybe plays against the tougher matchups to try and give Palmer, um, you know, easier matchups to, you know, take advantage and score the way he can score. So what's different from this year to the last couple of years? Because the last couple of years, you guys play great. And we had other guys on the show. We had Risto on. We had you on. We had a couple other Sabres on. And it, it was almost expected. It's like, okay, the Sabres are going to win a bunch. Then they're going to lose. And then they're the same old Sabres. I played there. It was that way still when I was there 10 years ago. Why is this year different? It, it's it's The turnover isn't really that great. You still have the same group of guys. What's different this year from last year or the year prior? I think uh, maybe kind of the standard we have set for ourselves. Um, that second half last year when we got our full lineup in, we got Tucky playing. Um, you know, I think we had a really good second half. We were, uh, we were playing, beating a lot of good teams. Uh, and so that was kind of the standard we had set for ourselves is, you know, we yeah, we're a young team and, you know, we're rebuilding, but um, we can still win at the same time. And, and obviously we're not going to win every night, but, um, you know, that's, you know, that's our expectation now. Um, we don't we don't want to be a losing team anymore. We want to win and we want to make playoffs and we want to make playoffs now. So when you go back to Whitehorse, do you just walk into town and just like, I'm home? I'm just come and 
showering me with accolades. I'm Dylan Cousins, the one who got out and made it big. What's what's the what's it like when you walk downtown Whitehorse, Yukon? I would say, I mean, it's I just feel like another person there, kind of. Um, Dylan, stop. Do you get recognized everywhere you go? Not crazy. I mean, I know a lot of people. I know, like, it's just, it's a lot of people I see that I grew up with. So, um, you know, it's it's nothing crazy. It's not like I'm some celebrity that they freak out. I'm just I'm just another U- UConn-grown kid that, um, you know, just plays hockey. I mean, it's, There's so uh, many of them in the NHL. You're right. And just another one of the UConn NHL stars. The one, hey Tim, all of them. Who's the, is there any other one from UConn, the White Horse, who has made the show? I mean, there's there's two two guys I think like a long time ago that combined for eight games or something. But there is there's someone coming. There's another player coming, uh, Gavin McKenna. He's I don't know if you guys have heard his name yet, but he's he just got drafted first overall in the WHL and four points in his first game in the WHL as a 15 year old. So. He ain't going to make it. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> no, he's not going to make it. So let's, let's move back to the Sabres. You guys are sniffing the playoffs. You mentioned you've set that standard and who does set that standard, by the way, because in that room, there's some vets, obviously you got Kyle Poso, you got Jeff Skinner, but you have this young core who are kind of pushing this team up the standings. Who sets the standards? Is, is it, is it Ocposo? Is it Skinner? Is it you guys? Is it everybody? Is it the coach? Who's the one who says, you know what? I'm not, I'm tired of this. Let's go. I mean, I'd say collectively it's, it's, it's everyone in the organization from, you know, from Kevin down to Donnie to the players. I mean, that's kind of the culture we we built and, you know, it, it starts with Ocposo. Obviously he's a great, he's a great captain. He's you know, one of the best guys I've ever probably met in my life. And, um, you know, he's just, he's leading the way great. And, I mean, he, he's been on playoff teams, so he, he knows, um, you know, he knows what it takes. All right. So what, what do we expect then? We have what, 20 ish games left. Do you guys look at the standings? Are you, are you peaking? You have some games in hand on the aisles, you know, you got some room to make up some ground. What's the conversation like? Are are you glancing at the standings or is it like one game at a time? The old usual boring stick. I mean, that's, that's what we got to say, right? Is what was one game at a time that we, I mean, we know how tight it is. I mean, there's so many teams that are within a few points of each other. It's pretty crazy. So um, we know that every game matters. Every point matters. Um, but we are trying to just, you know, take it one one day at a time. I mean, you know, after the loss yesterday, I mean, it's in playoffs, you're going to lose. Um, and you know, that's what Oki is, is emphasizing lots. We're not going to win every game in this last push here. And, and when you lose, you got to just be able to reset and get ready for the next one. And this is, I don't know if you can even answer this, but I've been on teams, you know, in the playoff hunt, been on bad teams. Is it, what's it like a trade deadline? Because you, you have a good team, but I think everybody can see that maybe this isn't the year to win the Stanley Cup, but you can see the places are there for that potential in a few years. Do you want Kevin to go out? You know, and swing for the fences and go out and get, you know, a, a Timo Meyer or a Kaner or these guys. Or are you you okay with kind of standing pat with the group that you have? Yeah, I think I think we're all good staying with what we got. I mean, it's it's worked pretty well this year. And I mean, you could say a lot of us aren't even in our primes yet. So, you know, you don't want to break up any team chemistry or or do anything like that at this point. Um, 
But uh, at the same time, if we did, we'd be ready for that too. But at the end of the day, um, our job is to just go out there and play. So that's you know what we're trying to do. That's a good answer, Dylan. I wanted you to say something different. <laughs> but that's a good answer. Well, then what is it like when you when you look at the the ticker? Because everybody follows the ticker. And you're like, okay, well, well, that guy went to the Islanders. That guy went to the Rangers. Oh, that guy went to Toronto. Oh, that guy went to Boston. Oh, Tampa Bay got somebody. Oh, here comes Carolina. Oh, look at the Rangers got somebody else. Oh, Toronto just got that guy too. Oh my goodness, the Senators, they got a couple guys. And you guys don't do anything. Is it a little daunting to know that now you got and you played the Bruins last night? And I don't even think, was Bertuzzi playing? So everybody's getting better. Is is there is there a certain sense where it's like, oof, what a it's going to be a little tougher now. I mean, we just all got to step up our game. I think. Um, yeah, you do. Love it. Trust the group that we have, and you know everyone plays a part. So, um, and we all know that these next twenty twenty some twenty two games, I think we have, we all got to you know kick it into another gear. All right, I get it. It's a very diplomatic, and I know you can't say anything. But I know when I was playing, I was like, gosh, go and get somebody. Let's go. Like Kaner and Tarasenko. Come on. Could have got him. But anyways, moving on. You're four points behind the Islanders. What is the vibe, especially after that loss? What What is said in that locker room? Because I've been a part of some really epic losses myself. What's the vibe? You guys close the door. The guys are not happy after the game. What's said? I mean... You know, a loss is a loss, whether you lose by one goal or you lose by six, like we did last night. I think, um, you know, it's it's a loss either way. Um, so you just got to take what you can from it. And just like I said before, you're losing playoffs, get ready for the next game. You've uh, we're talking about players kind of breaking out or, or playing their best hockey this year. Jeff Skinner is a guy who's taken a lot of criticism the last couple of years, mostly for the contract. He was one of the first guys to sign a major nine million dollar contract like that. But this year he's played very, very well. He's probably going to score 30 to 35 goals. He's, he's doing something almost every night. What have you seen kind of from him reflourishing this year? Yeah, I think he, you know, he's put in some tough situations a, a few years before and and um I mean, he's he's stepped it up a lot last year, got back to, you know, 30 goals, I think. And then he's this series, he's playing great again. I mean, our top line with Tom or Tucky and Skinny is just so dominant. I mean, they score so many goals. So uh, that line is a lot of fun to watch. And Skinny is, he's such a fun player to watch. Uh, just the way he you know, mohawks around the ice and the way he scores goals too is, is really impressive. What's your nickname, Dylan, on the team? Cuz, Cuzzy. Cuzzy. I like the the tucky, the skinny too. I like that. We were just talking about it before we came on. My nickname was just John, Big John. It's the worst. Cause he's a good one. All right. Were you part of that uh that video he did between two stalls with Tuck? Were you involved uh, at all? I not with his episode, but I got my own episode coming, so nice. It was really funny. I had no idea he had the personality. He was very he's like a comedian. He's really good. It's hilarious. Who, Jeff Skinner? Yeah. What did he do? He did an interview uh, with Tuck, like called Between Two Stalls. It was like uh, that Between Two Ferns comedy show. And he was interviewing. It was, it was really funny. Did he, was he coming up with that all, all that on, by himself? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he wrote the whole script and everything. <laughs> so good. When's your episode coming out? I'm not sure. I think there's still a few more that need to drop before mine. But 
We'll see. Hopefully soon. Is, is that what we're doing in the locker room these days? Doing comedy skits? <laughs> Just, uh, you know, trying to humanize ourselves, I guess. Did Georgie Babcock get a, a skit? I don't know if he would. I don't know if he could do that without getting himself fired. <laughs> he might get himself fired. That guy. He's the equipment guy, Tim. He's one of a kind. All right. Well, so you're not going to give us any information on this or that. Tim, what should we ask him? Because Dylan's not given us much. What should we talk about with Dylan? I got a few more teammates I want to ask about. Um, Owen Power is not really putting up crazy points yet, although pretty good for a rookie. What have you seen from him when he's not getting on the stat sheet? He's still contributing in other ways, and he's so big. Like Talk about another guy using his size. What are you seeing from him out of his rookie season? I mean, he's, I think he's been outstanding. Just his, his poise and, and passing ability and his, the way he sees the ice is, is incredible. I mean, he's, he's so poised out there. He, he does look like a, an NHL vet. And, you know, I think it's only his rookie year and he's just going to keep getting better every year is, is exciting. Um, you know, to have those two guys in Darlene and OP, I mean, that's a, a pretty scary uh, start to the decor for sure. We had um, Demers, Jason Demers on the show like two years ago, right after that pick, right after that draft. And uh, he skated with Owen over at the at the Olympics, I think, in China. And uh, he was like talking about like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm an NHL player. I've got a nice career. And then I see this kid. He's taller than me. He's stronger than me. He's faster than me. He's better looking than me. Like some kids just have it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another kid I want to ask about is Darlene. Is he like, he's putting himself in the conversation for best defenseman in the league at this point. Like he's having an incredible season. What have you seen from him? He's yeah, he's stepped it up again and he just continues to step it up every year. I think this year he's, he's really fine in his game and just, you know, I mean, being, you know, the silky defenseman he, he, he was when he got drafted and just, uh, you know, undressing guys left and right, but he also, he can, he can lay the body pretty well too. And he, and he can shoot the puck. So, I mean, he's been, he's been unbelievable. Nice. And then uh, Craig Anderson, John was asked a couple of weeks ago who he thought should get uh, the fan vote for the All-Star game. He put Craig Anderson's number, his name out there. John, what was your reasoning behind that? Well, he's the, he's a, Tim always makes fun of me. I love Craig Anderson. Tim hates him. He thinks he no, sucks. No, you're trying to say that he was better than Carey Price. And that's, I, I do, do think line. he is better than Carey Price. If I'm having a goalie for one game between Carey Price and Craig Anderson, I'm taking Craig Anderson. Sure. Well, Carey Price doesn't even play the game anymore. That might be why, but no, how, how neat is it to have a guy who's 41 in the locker room? Is it weird? Because Owen Powers 20. How old are you? 23? 22. 22, Tim. It's, it's, it's not right. Is it weird that like on the bus, he's reading books because he doesn't know what a video game is? His cell phone is a flip phone. Is it strange to have that just generational gap? Like, he is a Gen Xer. You're a Gen Zer. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now. He definitely uh, knows what a video game is. This guy is every time we're on, he's on. He's playing Call of Duty and everything. So we we play with him lots. It's it's it is pretty crazy. I mean, I met him. He was in the Yukon for some charity game during the uh, one of the lockouts, I think, or some some reason they were up there. I can't remember. And I met him when I was 10, 11 years old. So, and now I'm playing alongside him. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and you know, he is still, he is still a really good goalie for sure. All right. Well, let's just talk about the league because you're not going to give us any juice. Well, let's talk about this on the plane, in the locker room, in the dinner room, 
Who do you hang out with? What's life like in the Sabres organization? Because when I was there, they were throwing money at us, trying to figure out how to win. Now that we're winning, what's it like? Is it fun in the locker room? How are the plane rides? What do you guys do? Give us a little inside information with the Buffalo Sabres. Now that you finally have a team that's somewhat competitive. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think everyone's excited to come to the, the rink every day. Uh, everyone hangs out with pretty much everyone uh, on the planes. Everyone, a lot of guys are snapping cards. Not too many guys sleep. Everyone's doing something with someone for the most part, it seems like. And on our off days, we're usually, you know, hanging out on someone's couch and playing some video games or whatever. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're really tight as a team and we're also really good friends. So, you know, it makes every day fun. What's the nightlife like in Buffalo? Uh, there's, there's not much nightlife, for being honest. I mean, there's there's a there's Chippewa Street. Uh, you can usually only go there on Saturdays. I would say if there's to see any sort of nightlife, but I mean, our, most of our nightlife just consists of sitting on someone's couch and hanging out. Tim, I'm very disappointed because we had Seth Jarvis on the show. Do you know Seth at all? I, I know him a little bit. Yeah, I played. Uh, I was at a World Junior camp with him. I thought you were going to say you played video games with them, and it wouldn't surprise me. I, I want you guys to go out and experience life, Dylan. Come on. What kind of car are we driving these days? I got a Mercedes C63S. So. I don't know what that means. Is that a convertible? Is that an SUV? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a sedan, but, I mean, it's pretty fast. It's it gets around Buffalo in that snow, the slush? Uh, when, they, when it's snowy, I usually don't drive it. But for the most part, I mean, there's been a few storms this year, but there's almost been no snow other than the storms. Well, you got a million feet in one day. Has it all gone now? To, oh, yeah, it was a few days after that whole crazy blizzard. What are you benching these days? Uh, I, I don't, I haven't hit much bench during the season. Uh, I don't know. I, it's a good question. I can I can try tomorrow and get back to you if you want. We had a guy on what what was the Detroit Red Wings guy? Soderblom. Yeah. The big Soderblom guy? He yeah. said he put up like 300 pounds. And I'm like, no, you don't, Elmer. That's you're lying to me. So I'm glad you didn't say a wild number. What do you do during the season then, Dylan? What do you train with? My I believe in my my max bench was 295 one time. I got witnesses to back that up too. Did you I, bounce it? Did I bounce it? Bounce it off your chest. Shattered my sternum if I tried that. Take your shirt off. Let me see. <laughs> we won't post the video. 295. How much do you weigh? Uh, right now, I'm probably 195. That's pretty. Nine, 295? I swear. I, I used to hammer bench pretty good. I mean, I couldn't do it right now. That's that's my mid program. Like that's my peak. I mean, that's not happening all the time. I wouldn't be able to do that right now. That's that's end of summer lifts. You're doing that. That's end of summer, like one rep. I've done it once for one time. That's it. Man, that's, that's a lot. I've never done anywhere near that. So I'm mid creatine load. Like, yeah, it doesn't last long during the season. (laughs) Do you do your steroids and then stop doing them like a month before the season because you're going to get tested or you just try to hide it and mask it? I just try to mask it. That's um, smart. See, kid, it comes up. 
You shouldn't say that. You're going to get tested for sure tomorrow <laughs> without a doubt. Look, at he's drinking water now. He's getting nervous. He's got to flush it out of his system. <laughs> I, I have a question. You just signed a big contract, but it doesn't kick in until next year. So do you go out and make yourself a big purchase like after you put ink to paper or you wait until that big check comes next year? Uh, I don't really know. I, I already bought a house in Buffalo, so there's nothing crazy big really coming my way. I might... I might look at some cars, maybe something a little more appropriate for Buffalo, but I don't know. I'm not too sure yet. There's nothing really coming my way that I need. No diamond rings for any girlfriends? Yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe a boat. I might get a boat back in the Yukon fishing boat. Mm, Get a Boston Whaler. Those are good. Who's the strongest guy on on Buffalo? Strongest? I would go either Gergensons or Ocposo. That's not that's not what I expect. None of the tall guys. All right. Well, what do you guys expect the rest of the season, Dylan? Well, I don't want to waste any more time. You got to go game with Craig Anderson. What's the expectations for Buffalo? You squeak into the playoffs and then you face the juggernaut Boston Bruins in the first round. What do you think? What what can we expect from the the Buffalo Sabres for the rest of the year? Yeah, we we expect to be in in a playoff spot by the time the season ends. I mean, that's that's what we expect. We know it's not going to be easy. We know there's a lot of other teams and that are right there with us. Um, so, uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to take a lot, but uh, that's where we expect to be for sure. And personally, you, what's the goal to end the year? You already have 50 some points. Do you have a personal goal in mind that you want to hit? Um, I mean, I would love to hit 30 goals, I guess. <laughs> um but I mean, at, right now, um, uh, all the focus is making playoffs. I mean, it's it's nice to kind of get my contract extension out of the way this year. Whereas all I can do now is just focus on playoffs. So um, you know, that's that's the main goal. And you've only fought one time this year. Early on, friend of the show, Brendan Lemieux, that or that was last year. Why not? Why no fights this year? What's been going on? Have you been turning fights down? I. I would say I've tried to fight a few times now and I've been turned down a few times, but I mean, I, I wasn't going out looking for him. I didn't want to, you know, injure myself, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a dumb way like that in a contract year. Um, but I mean, I've, I've tried to fight a few times and it hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. Who did you ask? Uh, well, it doesn't matter. It does. <laughs> I don't expose anyone. You know, you should ask Mo Sider and make a big show of it. Because he's been on the show and he said he's never going to fight. Did you see Debrinket punk him the other day? I see that. I did see that. that you funny. should do that. Have you been? Have you asked Debrinket to fight? I've not asked Debrinket to fight. No. Who's the toughest guy in Buffalo? Um, I mean, you seen Krebsy? That guy's a little animal out there, Peyton Krebs. Stop. <laughs> Who's the toughest guy in Buffalo? I mean, I. If, I mean, I would probably go with. Toughest guy would probably be Hokey, I would say. I mean, he is not going to fight anymore with his head injuries. Ed, it's you. You got to say yourself, right? Don't you think? I mean, we got Stillman. He's he's tough. He's got a few scraps in him. Riley, I guess. Well, you guys need some toughness. But anyway, any, you got anything? A little rapid fire for him, Tim? Or what are you? What are you doing? No, we did that last time. So yeah, it's, we we covered it all. Dylan, you got any questions for us? <laughs> what do you want to know? Uh, I don't know. That's tough. You didn't give me any time to prepare any questions. I didn't prepare either. That's the problem. I thought we were going to come in and just recap all the trades and you're going to spill some tea and it was going to be great. But you oh. just 
You won't give me anything. And you won't even chirp your GM for Pete's sake. What good are you? I got nothing to chirp about. That's true. Yeah, I know you guys, did great at, you guys did great at the deadline. You killed it. Still time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, the deadline's done. What is it, 3 p.m.? Yes. Two, yeah. No, I guess. Do you do you check your phone regularly, or do you talk to Kevin or anybody before the deadline, or are you just kind of because you're part of this team's future? You just you're locked up for seven years. Are you involved in any of those conversations at all? Not really. No. He's shaking his head. No, this is an audio thing, Dylan. You got to. You can just call in from my phone then. <laughs> oh that's funny all right tim anything you Wait, got one do you know the sabers made a trade like 20 minutes ago Did we? Don't, don't, don't. yeah they got jordan greenway from um minnesota, minnesota. yeah you just, you just added them for wow. a draft pick yeah oh, just good. nothing off the roster that's a pretty big ad that's a big ad where does he fit in he probably fits in on the second line next to dylan cousins I mean, that's, that might be a new uh, contender for toughest guy on the team now. Oh, he definitely is the <laughs> toughest guy on your team. That right. guy's a tough cat, Tim. Minnesota just said they weren't going to trade him. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I don't see what the pick is, but. Yeah, that's, that's a good ad. Well, who are you going to get rid of on your team then, Dylan? Because you have to get rid of one contract. Which player on the current Buffalo Sabres roster gets sent down to Rochester? If you had to pick. If you had to pick, yeah. <laughs> I'm still on my entry level, so maybe it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're allowed to keep more guys after the deadline, though, so I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's playoffs. It's playoffs. Some guys were saying after the deadline, you can have as many guys with you. I don't know, though. I, I don't know anything about that. But it's They're under the limit. Not, They'll be fine. They're under their cut. No, they got, you can only carry 23. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Good for you. Good, good catch, Tim. All right, Dylan. Well, keep drinking that water. Get those steroids out of your system. I I really do hope you guys make the playoffs because you're one of those teams where I think you could make some noise because you're so young. I did, Tim, what did I say? Who's going to get the wild card spots? Detroit and Buffalo. Who did you say, Tim? I said Penguins and Islanders, I think. What do you think of that, Dylan? Come on. Not looking good. I hope you guys make it. It'll be a lot more fun to watch. I think I do think we're a team that, you know, if we get in there, we could surprise a lot of people, um, you know, just with the way we play. I think we can beat any team on any given night. So, yeah, based on last night, I, I really think we should address what you just said. We beat Boston earlier in the year. <laughs> That's true. I just tease it. I just tease it. It's you got to take it one game at a time. Did you know one time I got beat by the Edmonton Oilers 11 to 2? Plus, plus one, though. I was plus one. Really? Yeah. My claim to fame. Look it up. I was <laughs> in Chicago. I, I bring it up all the time. What was your plus minus last night? I ate two empty net minuses, so I was minus three. Why did you keep pulling the goalie when it was 6-1? Well, it was 3 nothing. We pulled them. They scored. Then uh, we scored. Got a power play. We pulled them again. Then they scored again. But did they score a couple more times without the goalie pulled near the end? Scored two more without the goalie pulled at the end. It was just, yeah. That's the worst. It's just, was that in Buffalo or in Boston? Boston. Oh, that's good. At least you're running home. What's the, what was it like? And I'm going to kind of switch to the Bills now. What was it like watching the, the 
city go crazy for the Bills before they lost in the playoffs. It was just like Super Bowl or bust. Do you feel that kind of momentum for the Sabres a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we we obviously have to earn a lot of, you know, the, the fans back um, just with how long we've been out of the playoffs and just seeing them rally together for the Bills like that when they get into the playoffs, that, that for sure gets us excited about, you know, knowing that, um, you know, that's that's going to be us once we start, once we start becoming a, a winning team and making the playoffs and, you know, just seeing the city come behind us like that, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty exciting. Are you a Bills fan? For sure. Not <laughs> out there smashing tables yet, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, Dylan. All right, man. Well, listen, get some rest. Thank you for joining us. I know it's not ideal on trade deadline to, Hey, who was the best pickup in the East? Do you think you're, you got Tarasenko, you got Horvat, you got Kane, you got Chitrin, you got O'Reilly, you got Meyer. all these, yeah, all these Timo Meyer for the Devils. Which one do you think will make the biggest impact? Whew, that's a lot of big ads for sure. I, right. I, I do think that uh, Timo Meyer in New Jersey, I think, is going to be a, a good fit. Just you know, Jack Hughes is obviously so good. Uh, this year and just adding that if, if they play together, I think that could be you know, a really dangerous duo for sure. Nice. He gets really serious when he answers it. Don't you notice that <laughs> the voice deepens a little bit and he has that little raspy. Uh, I just yeah. think uh, politician know, someday. No, no, no. I'll die before I'm a politician. Does white horse have Let a him go, John poor kid. Yep. I didn't know that. I thought Whitehorse was literally like the Wild West. No, not quite. Uh, you know, we got a little city there for sure. I know. You got a statue yet? Oh. Rink, rink. You'll get a hawk. Let's let's do a bet right now, Dylan. I bet you that you will have a rink named after you in Whitehorse by the time you're done playing hockey. Okay. You don't, you th- How many rinks are up there? Uh, there's... Two two complexes, three rinks. The smaller one will be named after Dylan Cousins because you're going to win a cup and you're going to bring it back and they're going to want to do something. Oh, it's the Dylan Cousins arena. They did it here in Traverse City, the Dallas Drake. His, his face is all over the arena. There you go. The bet's on for Mercedes uh, SL 300. <laughs> you heard uh, it, Tim. Deal? I did. Dylan? Sounds good. Uh, all right. <laughs> I like to do these long bets so that even if like he can always have a rink named after him. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. We'll let you go, Dylan. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Sorry I wasn't more prepared. Oh, it's all good. Tim, anything? No, thanks for coming on, man. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Go meet Jordan Greenway. That's exciting. Big pickup. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dylan Cousins. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 